Welcome to Press for Champagne, everybody. How's it going, Danny? Oh, it's just trucking right along. Just living out over here, living my best life, eating my sour um, gummy worms. Forgot what they're oh. called there for a second. That actually sounds delicious. Yeah, God, I, I am. Candy. Don't you just love candy? I mean, no, because I like my teeth and I'm already down a couple. I don't need to lose anymore. <laughs> I don't I don't think I'm going to have any when I'm old because I love candy. Uh. My grandparents had dentures that scarred me for life. My grandma would take her teeth out at night. Terrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I just, I need all of like this, like the sour slash sweet thing. So I've been eating a lot of fruit. And then today I was in the grocery store and I was like, oh, gummy worms. That sounds delicious. So. Well, hey, so are you getting a little bit of your appetite back? Do you think? Yes. Thank the Lord, baby fucking Jesus, because it's been a, a roller coaster. Um, I knock on wood, feel okay this week. And by okay, I mean, I'm balls tired, but I don't want to throw up every five minutes. So I've been able to work a little bit and, um, drive into town. <laughs> so, I mean, okay. like I'm really just killing the game. Really? Yeah. Have you had any like weird cravings or anything? No, not yet. Um, we just really don't want to eat certain things. Like I'm, I'm good on meat, even though like when you're pregnant, protein really is the only thing that's like your saving grace. Cause it gives you enough like nutrition in your body to like maintain for the next meal. Cause like, if you just eat a ton of carbs, it's just like, it doesn't fill you up enough. Um, which sounds kind of counterintuitive, but like the protein is like, has the good stuff that you need. Um, so it's, I have to force myself to eat meat because I know I'll feel better after I eat it. And, and once I finally get to the point of I'm, I'm actually eating it, I'm okay. But like the mental gear up, I have to like have in my head of like, okay, you can have a chicken sandwich and it's going to taste okay. Like it's fine. You've ate chicken sandwiches before Danny, this isn't anything new. <laughs> like you have to like, really like, yeah. Cause you never know. You never know if you can take a bite and that's, what's going to do you in. Like you just never know. <laughs> And so are you mainly just eating chicken right now? Cause nothing else is appealing. Um, actually I've been eating hamburger too. No pork, absolutely no pork. Like I on an, no bacon, no nothing right now. Um, I can eat pretty much anything as long as I did not make it because I have a really weird version of smells right now. And like, we have not cooked anything in our house besides like pasta in a month. But luckily, um, I can either get stuff in town or Michael's mom will make me something. So it's been. That's really nice. Well, she makes lunch every day for the guys anyway. So I normally just get the leftovers. And you'll take them, right? Yeah, I will. I'm not playing <laughs> it. I'm just like, give it to me. I'll eat it. So yeah. Anyway, um, I did want to give you guys a little update. I had not tried on my dresses for this weekend. So you have not missed that on Instagram. I was planning on doing that today, but I didn't. So either I'm going to do it tomorrow or Friday, I have to go to the rehearsal dinner. So I have to get dressed up anyway. So it might be Friday. I take the pictures and then like, we'll just bang those out. You guys can let me know within 24 hours notice of what I should wear this wedding. You're like, I don't want to overexert myself here. I just want to, you know, one and done. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I might, it depends on how I feel when I get home because I still might just try them on. I'm not like, I don't look cute right now. So I mean, like, it's not going to be like, uh, you know, like they give you like the full picture, but 
I have like, I think seven dresses at my house right now. So if I can't find one out of seven, you got a problem. Yeah. It's, it's me. It's not the dresses. <laughs> yeah. I think I'd go over comfort. I just, whatever is the most comfortable. I actually ordered a dress, um, from a girl who I know that she owns a boutique in Wayne, Nebraska. And I know her cause she used to come in the boot rack. Um, and I ordered a dress, kind of like a t-shirt dress, but it's like midi length and it's like really basic. It's just like blue and it's basic and that's it. But with heels and like the right jewelry, it could, I think I could dress it up. And so I'm honestly going to think I'm going to go with that one. Okay. So, you know, I'm excited to see. Yeah. Yeah. But I have a bunch of stuff from the runway and some other, I got actually ordered a dress from target cause it was super cute. And if I don't wear it to the wedding, I'll wear it to the rehearsal and you know, Target has some cute new, like summer dresses out. Target is really stepping up the game. I love the collabs that they do with different like designers. I do too. But I don't love the price. Cause I don't feel like the quality is like on track with the price point, but that's e- neither here nor there. Yeah. Gonna- and sometimes if depending on who the designer is, it sells out right away. So like the good stuff that like, even it's cute. So you know what you pay for it anyway. Um, it's sold out. All the good ones are sold out and you just get left over with like the weird blouse with the puffy sleeves that you don't really want, but you want something from the collection. And <laughs> you're like, I guess I'll put it in my closet. Yeah. Anyway, that's what's going on with you. Um, honestly, like I'm not trying to be like, Oh, I'm so busy, but things have just been like on fire lately. And I've just been running like crazy. Last Friday, I had a hearing at 8.30 and another one at 10, same county. And so the one got over at 9.30 and I was waiting for my 10 o'clock hearing and it didn't get called up until 2 p.m. Oh my so God. I literally sitting in a courtroom from about 8 a.m. that morning until like 2.30, like that- straight like no lunch, no break, no coffee, didn't take a water with me, literally nothing. It was exhausting. The the courtroom doesn't break for lunch. No, because we were so behind from the morning that they were, long story short, there was some like internet issues and the judge was like, bring the prisoners over, not doing this anymore, which honestly, I feel that vibe because sometimes if technology, Danny just witnessed it, my email, password wasn't working and I about flipped my shit over here I'm calmed down slightly but like when technology doesn't work the way it's supposed to like instantaneously I will have a meltdown and the judge did the same thing and I was like same Same. (laughs) Same so he just made like six people come over uh from the jail. And so we had to wait for them to bring over, but yeah, nobody, I mean, judge didn't get a break. He didn't get a lunch that day. Like it was intense. Sounds yeah, that's how I, that's how I started my weekend. So Friday night, I spent my Friday night chugging an Aperol spritz, which I can kind of taste Aperol right now, which I'm real excited about. You Um, Yeah. It's like strong enough or like, you know, it's kind of a unique flavor. So Mm -hmm. I, could taste it. It was delicious. And I planted all my plants with the exception of two, which was fun. And then Saturday I was in Omaha again. I've been in Omaha a lot lately. And I went to tiny house. If you've ever been, it's like a really cool, like drink spot. Um, and had another Aperol spritz there. <laughs> delicious. 
Um, and where, oh, and then Via Farina had an Aperol spritz there. <laughs> Stick to what you can taste. Yeah. Um, and had some really great pasta and yeah, just had a nice weekend in Omaha and then just been working, trying to stay wow. on top of stuff and I'm barely, barely breathing. So, you know, sounds exciting. Doing the Lord's work here. <laughs> just kidding. Hashtag blessed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so tell us. Um, oh, and that reminds me, I did, sorry, for those of you who can drink, I got a sparkling rosé this weekend to try mm-hmm. the drink from last week. So I'm super excited. Oh yeah, let us know how that tastes. And I'll keep everybody posted on how it is. But what yeah. are we drinking this week? Okay, so this week's cocktail is the sparkling spring sangria. I'm like so excited about this. This sounds delicious, except for the vodka, but um so this, like is, this is one that would like really get us yeah this is one that would sneak attack us yeah. like we'd be halfway through the episode and be like what <laughs> bawling crying <laughs> okay <laughs> so this the ingredients are one bottle of prosecco half a cup vodka three quarters cup peach juice or apple juice one cup fresh or frozen sliced peaches three quarters cup fresh raspberries And the instructions are to, um, in a large pitcher, combine Prosecco, vodka, juice, peaches, and raspberries, gently stir to combine. Since this is a sparkling sangria, to keep the effervescence, it is is best enjoyed immediately. You guys, I can't talk today. That means the bubbles. Yes. (laughs) However, you can let it sit in the refrigerator for an hour or two if you don't mind a, a less bubbly beverage. Enjoy. So, I mean, it sounds delicious. What I really liked about this drink not that anybody can see it right now, but I'm just going to try to explain it with like the apple juice or the peach juice. It's like this really pretty, like orangey yet, like yellow color. And then they garnish with raspberries and it's, it's just like vivid and beautiful. Yeah, It looks great to be honest. Yeah. So, and it also like pretty simple recipe. So yeah, which I'm all here for. Sames, sames. Okay, so this week on the podcast, we have another very special guest talking to us about adoption and as a single parent, which is extremely interesting. Nicole Johnson is the CEO of Renursing EDU and author of multiple titles that focus on NP education and business. Since publishing her first book in 2013, the family nurse practitioner has been a prominent writer and commentator on issues that affect nursing. Nicole has been a nurse since 2001 in a wide variety of healthcare settings, including infusion therapy, health and wellness, telemedicine, urgent care, occupational medicine, cardiovascular ICU, neuro ICU, travel nursing, home health, and long-term acute care. A graduate of the University of Texas Health Science Center, her wealth of experience allows her to offer knowledge to help others in nursing. Whether wanting to pursue graduate NP studies wanting to start their own business or wanting to complete change, completely change directions, but still incorporate the nursing skills. In her spare time, Nicole enjoys spending time with her daughter, working out, reading, and doing anything related to art. Nicole is also a CEO, is also the CEO of Studio 822, a branding agency whose sole focus is developing, designing, and driving healthcare organizations. And our conversation with Nicole is so fun. I can't wait for you all, all to listen. Agreed. Uh, Nicole, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. We're so happy to have you. Well, thank you for having me. So let's just dive right in and talk about adoption. When did you first start exploring adoption as your path to motherhood? 
So it's a little weird, but I explored it when I was a child. Um, Yeah. I want to say that I was maybe in maybe somewhere between fifth and eighth grade. Um, For one, my father was adopted. Um, He was adopted by his aunt and I had always thought about adoption and everything else. But as I got older, um, when I went to the doctor, I was in my mid thirties and uh, every time I went in, she would say, well, you need to start having kids. You need to get pregnant. And I'm like, I'm not married. What are you talking about? I'm not married. And so every year it's the same thing. And then one year I actually had some problems, took me back into the OBGYN. Um, I was basically having um, bleeding issues and a lot of pain and everything else. And I didn't know what happened. So I went back in and we went through tons of tests uh, for two weeks. I did colonoscopy, did biopsies, did blood testing. We did all this stuff. We didn't know what it was. And, you know, me being a nurse practitioner, I was thinking the worst, mm-hmm. um, of course. And it took two weeks to get back all the results. And it finally came up that I had endometriosis. Oh my gosh. And um, usually, you know, you have symptoms for a while, but my symptoms came up over the course of a few months. Wow. And so, you know, at first I was thinking, obviously I, I thought I had cancer or something, <laughs> you know, just, yeah. just thinking the worst, that's where your mind goes to. Um, and so at that point, my doctor's like, okay, if, if you really want to have a child, you need to go ahead and try. Um, so were you I, married at this point now? No. And I'm still not. Oh, okay. Still not married, happily not married, but, <laughs> 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 um, but no. So at that point in time, um, you know, I, I'd gone through all these health problems and I had to have an emergent surgery the month after we figured out what was going on with me. And um, so at that time, she's like, if you want to try, you need to do it now. And so that pushed me into the fertility aspect. So I will tell you as a child growing up, early 20s and everything, I never envisioned myself pregnant. I never actually wanted to be pregnant, but I did want kids right? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know how this is going to work. I did want kids. (laughs) I I just, I didn't want to go through the whole pregnancy thing. But after that health scare and finding out I had endometriosis, I kind of like put that back in suppressed memories, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I went the fertility route and, um, I don't know if either one of you have gone through that, but it's very intense, um, with the injections, medications, um, going in and getting your ultrasound. It's, it's very, very intense. And then especially if you get pregnant or you don't get pregnant and you, you know, you're, you're spending all this time and money basically. And so I basically had the Cadillac of treatment. I had my, my sperm tested. I was tested for everything. The embryos came out, you know, they were all tested. Um, long story short, I had two rounds of IVF. I had seven viable embryos, which by all accounts should be good. My numbers were fairly good for my age. Uh, The only thing was, is obviously I had the endometriosis and we didn't know how that was going to affect potential pregnancy or whatever. So I basically went through the equivalent of 10 cycles, meaning I had to inject myself for 10 different cycles to prep my body to take um, the embryo to try to get pregnant. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it was intense. And so we're not even talking about the money yet. We're I was like, about, and that's expensive. Like, it's expensive. It, it, it's expensive. So, um, and just like at every turn, something wasn't right. Like uh, first cycle, it got canceled because my, my lining was too thin. Um, then we had biopsies. They couldn't do the biopsy the first time. My, my service is tilted, very difficult to get to, blah, blah, blah. Um, second time we finally got it, but there was nothing wrong. And then we implanted the embryos. So we did one by one and none of those took until I got down to my last four. And by this time I was so emotionally fried. I, bet. I, was, I was very emotionally fried um, because like I said, it's not just the shots. I, I'm okay with the shots, but it's going to the doctor every other day. It's getting the blood work done. It's getting the ultrasound asking, I mean, having people in your business. Cause I had a regular job at that point in time, having people in your business, like, what do you need off for? Yeah. You know, and you like have mind to your business. It. Exactly. <laughs> and you have to time it around your cycle. It's just, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. And so I told my doctor at that time, you know, they didn't want to necessarily put in two embryos at once. And I told him, I said, I can't do this anymore. I cannot do this four times. I want you to put in two and I'll just do two more cycles and I'm done. Um, so that first time he put in two, and that was another thing too. So every time we went in to try to put in embryos, they had difficulty trying to put the embryos in, right? <laughs> so we finally got the embryos in. And I, I got pregnant. Um, I got as far as six weeks and then uh, heard the heartbeat at six weeks because you can hear it at six weeks when you do the IVF. They, they let you hear it very, very early. You know a lot of things very early. And I went for my eight-week appointment and the pregnancy was gone. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. So that was a blow. And then um, I immediately went back into my last cycle. I'm like, just put the last two in, put the last two in, got pregnant again. So I guess that was my thing. I needed to have two implanted. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that pregnancy ended earlier than the six weeks. Oh no. It ended fairly early as well. Um, but during these last couple cycles, I, I'd gone back to what I had thought of when I was a child. And I'm like, I'm not going to say that this isn't going to work, but let me go ahead and inquire about the adoption process, know what I need to do. Mm -hmm. And if it's even possible being a single one. So, um, my last, um, pregnancy was in September of 2017 um, that's when I miscarried and I started my adoption application in January of 2018. That was pretty uh, quick. Yeah. Well, I had to interview some agencies, see if they were the right fit for me. Um, obviously, like I said, the cost, cause I, I I'll be frank with you. I spent $50,000 on IBF. Wow. Um, so I, I spent $50,000. So basically at, at one point I was thinking, it's like, well, I'm just throwing money out the window or, you know, pretty much was, you, and, know? And then you mentioned earlier how you never really even envisioned yourself being pregnant. So that's a lot of money to do something that, you know, wasn't necessarily in your path that you wanted, you know, and that's really funny. So that first time I got pregnant, um, I remember looking at myself in the mirror 
and I was finally pregnant, you know, after all these failures previously. And for the life of me, I could not see my belly at nine months. I could not envision this. And at that point in time, I was thinking, well, maybe it's just because I've, I've already been through so much, you mm-hmm. know, I've already been through so much with the fertility treatments. Maybe this is what it is. But I, I was very, I, I was very happy when I did get pregnant, obviously. Um, and I took like 20 pregnancy tests just to make sure, <laughs> you know, that first week. But um, it's really funny you say that because, yeah, I did not see myself with a nine month belly and giving birth and. I, I did not see that. Yeah. But at that time, I was just thinking, it's like, you've just been through so much, Nicole. You've been through so much. So it's just going to take a while for it to sink in. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, and that was a lot of money. And I want to tell you, it's basically societal pressure because when you become a woman, and I mean, obviously when you're growing up, people will say, you know, you're going to have kids when you get older, get married, blah, blah, blah. But when you are a young woman, that's, that's all people think about. Like when you want to start a family, you get married, have kids, mm-hmm. you get pregnant. No, no one talks about if you have fertility issues or adoption or no one talks about that because they're like, you know, you want to have your own kids. And yeah. I, I still hate that term, <laughs> your own kids. And I'm like, eh. but, um, but yeah, so it, it really was not my destiny. And I will tell you that my daughter I, God could not have blessed me with the most perfect child. I mean, my child is, is perfect. And Mm -hmm. she was put in my life for a reason. And I was put in her life for a reason. And our story of how we became a family, basically it, it, the way it worked out, um, it was nothing but God. And she was nothing but meant to be with me the way it worked out because you've heard, you know, what I went through with the fertility treatments and the losses and everything else. But um, like I said, I put in my application in January of that. I'm sorry. I started my application in January of that year. I kind of put it off a little bit. It's a lot of paperwork, but it's not horrible. I kind of put it off a little bit. I was going to Europe at the end of April and I said, well, let's just go ahead and submit it before you go to Europe. And so I remember submitting it on Thursday because I was at the airport on Saturday. So I submitted it on Thursday. Um, I was at the airport Saturday. I was in Ireland on Monday. And, you know, I, I've got my iPad. I'm in class for this. Um, I was there for a seminar. And I've got my iPad and I got a message from the agency. And... <laughs> the adoption coordinator is like, Hey, I've got some news. And she knows, she knows I'm halfway across the world. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, she's like, do you want to wait two weeks? And I'm like, no, (laughs) (laughs) no. Tell me. (laughs) Um, and she's like, I think, you know, I have a match for you. Wow. And, um, so this is the end of April. And she said, the baby is due August. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) that's crazy. That, that is crazy. So this whole two weeks I'm in Europe, you know, this is, you know, I, I went for a conference and I was going to hang out. I I ended up hanging out in different countries while I was over there. But, um, this whole two weeks is on my, my mind, like, 
okay, she has a match. Like, really? Is this, is this real? Mm-hmm. So I get back home and I fly out to the adoption agency and I meet with the coordinator and I meet my daughter's birth mother and that's it. I mean, in August, I have my baby. So, I mean, it, it was so, it was so easy compared to what other people say. Like we mm-hmm. waited three years to adopt and there's a ton of paperwork and money and we couldn't get home study approved. I mean, you just hear about all the horror stories. Right. Yeah. But it was so smooth for me compared to what I went through with the fertility treatments. What kind of adoption agency did you go through? Because I know we have a friend here that's going through adoption, is trying to adopt and they're going through a nonprofit adoption agency. So I think it, 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 everyone is different. So was yours like a for-profit or a nonprofit? Everyone is different. You're correct. Um, mine wasn't a, a, a major for-profit. Mm-hmm. Or nonprofit agency. It was um, basically a lady, very sweet, who had worked in the adoption industry for over twenty years, and then she decided to start her own agency. Interesting. Huh. I never even yeah. would have thought that. You know, because adoption, like the whole um, kind of institute, seems like it's very structured as it should be, and yeah. it's wild to, for me to think that someone could just kind of branch off and start their own company doing that. that but that's yeah. I mean, she worked for other companies doing the same yeah. thing, being an adoption coordinator, but she just decided to start her own agency. Um, and, and the agency was wonderful. Like I said, a lot of people have hurdles, I guess. Um, but being a single woman was not an issue with this agency. Some agencies that I talked to, it was an issue I needed to be married. Mm-hmm. Um, some agencies you need to have a certain religious belief. Some agencies want you to live in a certain area. It just depends on the agency. So for the birth mom, because you guys met, um, was she kind of the deciding factor? Like she liked you, so she wanted to go with you? Yeah. And so I'm forever grateful to her. Um, my daughter obviously does not know her. We do have a closed adoption um, based upon her wishes, mm-hmm. but I do share pictures. And if she ever wanted to log into the, the file, she could actually see pictures of my daughter, but she, she did want it closed. But yes, yeah, so what's, what's really weird about that is that um, I did meet her. Very, very, very sweet, very sweet. And before my daughter was born, we had um, a false alarm. And so just to give you some context, the agency isn't down the street from me. It's like five hours away from me. Well, so I would either have to drive to the agency. So I was curious how far away you were. Yeah, it, it was it was five hours. So basically um, five hours, I'd either have to obviously drive or fly. We thought at one point she was going to go into labor the end of July, I believe. And so I flew out the end of July. I let my job know. But what's funny about it is that my daughter wasn't born until August 22nd. Oh, wow. I lived in a hotel for a month. Oh my gosh. (laughs) 
Or, um, and is this in all it happening in the same state, like where you yeah, same state. adoption, but just that far apart? Yeah, there's there's different rules. Like if you were to adopt from a different state, you would have to kind of stay after the baby's born for interstate to get them across the state line, blah, blah, blah. But this is the same state. But the thing about it is, is I wasn't necessarily supposed to stay there for a month. But what happened is that we had thought she was going to go into labor earlier and she didn't. But her one wish her one request of me was to be there while she was in labor, having my daughter. That was her one request. And so me being a nurse practitioner and being, you know, I've been a nurse for 20 years and I know how patients are and I will go in and hold a patient's hand. And it's like, I cannot let her be alone. And so I was, I was really afraid because I live so far away I mean, that's a 10 hour round trip. If I just come home and peek in and, you know, leave directly back out. Right. Yeah. So I was afraid to go home because I did not want to let her down and I wanted to be there with her. So that was her one request is basically she wanted to have the child and have me there for my daughter. And I'm sure like you wanted to be there as well. I mean, that's pretty amazing that you were present at the birth of your daughter, which I don't think a lot of adoptive parents have that. I'm going to call it luxury, but a luxury. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. 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 I, I, I know. And, it, and, and like I said, I'm like, it, I still think about it all the time that yes, I'm aware that my daughter is adopted and I, you know, wonder how this is going to obviously affect her when she's older. And I pray for her birth mother and her family all the time. Um, wanting to know, if, you know, if my daughter is going to want to meet her. I mean, she's a wonderful woman mm-hmm. or if my daughter is going to be um, resentful, you know, you kind of think about stuff like that. Like, resentful that I'm her mom, resentful that, you know, I'm single. Um, I I don't know. I mean, I mean, I guess when you become a parent, you think about all kinds of things you wouldn't have thought of when you weren't. Mm -hmm. So um, yes, I was there for my daughter's birth. I was actually in the hospital until she was released. So she was born on a Wednesday and she was released on Saturday. Um, And the hospital was wonderful. Um, They treated me just like I give you know, just like I gave birth. I I had my bracelet. I had my hospital room. Um, they brought the baby to me. If I needed a break, they'd take her to the nursery. Oh, that's Yeah. The nurses did not come in and say adoptive mom. Um, you know, they were the sweetest. So during this time, did you have, were you like on vacation from your job or or did your job allow you to have maternity leave afterwards? Like, how did that work with your job? Well, you know, you live in the U.S. <laughs> um, and, and I, even though I don't plan on having any more children, I really feel like we need um, national maternity leave for moms. Mm-hmm. It was very difficult because all I had was my, um, my PTO because I couldn't even access short-term disability because I wasn't the one giving birth. So I didn't have any access to sick leave. I didn't have any access to disability that I paid into. The only um, time off I had was my PTO. 
And I had to use my FMLA, which is unpaid. So I use my PTO and my FMLA. And so that that's a whole other issue. I mean, like not even a year prior, you were going through all this IVF on like, yeah. so it's not like you probably had a bunch of PTO saved up. I'm assuming. Exactly. Exactly. And then, so you think about the money and you know, the, the money with adoption, like I said, that was like a drop in the hat compared to fertility treatments. But, um, but when you add that together and not having pay time off and not being able to access your short-term disability, which you've paid for and not having an employer that honors maternity leave. Mm-hmm. So I was off. Um, and I really hate that I had that time wasted because I wasn't with my daughter because we were still waiting, but it, it wasn't wasted because I was with her mother, mm-hmm. but it was the time that I could have spent a little bit more time with her. Cause my daughter ended up going to daycare at five weeks because her daycare took them at four weeks, I believe. So she ended up going at five weeks to daycare. Um, But yeah, I had to start over from scratch because at that point I don't have any PTO. Um, My savings obviously is depleted because I did not have PTO. And then I, you know, just came off the fertility treatments and the adoption and living in a hotel for a month. So that's a lot of money. (laughs) What? Yeah. Um, but luckily, you know, someone put it in perspective. I did have a nervous breakdown when I was staying there at one point in time, because I'm like, I I'm stressed out. I just want to go home. I'm not used to living in hotels. I know I'm here for a a good purpose, but you know, this kind of stressful living in hotels and not knowing when your, when your child is going to be born. Um, but yeah, so it took me a while to build back up my savings, but someone did put it in perspective, like it's just money, even though it's a lot of money, but you can always have, you always have the ability to make more money. Yeah. My husband likes oh. to remind me that money grows on trees. So my best friend is always like, it's just money. You'll make more. You'll yeah, make exactly. More. Exactly. And, and it's what, it's what's funny now, since I've gone through this and, you know, spent boatloads of money between, you know, the fertility treatments and adoption and everything else. When someone says something costs like $5,000, I'm like, okay, <laughs> like, all right. Yeah. You have a different <laughs> idea of what, what's expensive yeah. and what's not expensive. Yeah. Other people are like, that's a lot. I'm like, no, not really. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, it's doable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you kind of touched a little bit on one, you know, you had a, a nervous breakdown partway through this what other aspects of your mental health, like, did this take a toll on or were you pretty solid most of the time? I, I want to say I, I'm pretty solid. I am. Tell us your I, secrets. Yeah, <laughs> I can get emotional. I, I really can, obviously. Um, at the time I was kind of with someone who didn't really care to have kids with me, obviously. Um, didn't care to commit. Um, in and out didn't, I mean, wasn't really there for me. Yeah. And so I think that kind of, you know, I I don't say hardened my heart, but kind of gave me a little bit of like, okay, whatever. Yeah. You know, you can Um, literally do any, I mean, you've done everything without a man, you know, or a partner. I mean, you can do whatever you want. You've had a kid, you have a career, you pay for your own bills. Yeah. And so the, the fertility treatments, of course, I had so many hormones fluctuating throughout my body. 
and um, being bloated and everything else that comes along with that. But um, I, I, I have friends during that process and they're like, I don't know how you keep doing this. How are you doing this? And I'm like, it, it's just, I, I don't know. It's just something I wanted. So, mm-hmm. you know, even though the fertility treatments did not produce a child, um, I knew the end goal was a baby. And I want to tell you guys, so like when my baby was about, maybe she was about four or five months, she was sleeping in her crib. And for some reason, I had gone into the bathroom and started going through cabinets and everything. And I came across an old pregnancy test. And I know it's gross, but women do that. Yeah. <laughs> old pregnancy test. And it was showing that I was pregnant. And I went back into my daughter's room basically picked her up out the crib. I didn't care if I woke her up or not. And just bawled. (laughs) I bawled because I'm like, had this pregnancy gone through, you wouldn't have, I wouldn't have you. And, um, so sorry. That's so sweet. (laughs) I I mean, it's so true. And I think that that's like, you know, one of the things that people need to remember what about adoptive parents is their, their parents. It doesn't matter how they got there, their parents. And yeah, 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 yeah. And it, it, like I said, you know, what, earlier when I was saying how, you know, people say you need to have your own kids and how that really, that really irks me. Um, my child is my own. Mm-hmm. And uh, just because we don't share genetic material doesn't make her any less or doesn't make me any less of a mother and her any less of my daughter. If you had actually seen a picture of her, I don't think you would know that we weren't biologically related. Mm-hmm. Um, she's my mini me. And it's, and it's really funny because obviously a lot of my, my friends know that I adopted my daughter as a single woman, but even them, they're like, I can't tell. I, I, I can't tell. Yeah. <laughs> it's just meant to be. It was just meant to yeah. be. Yeah. 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 So I'm very grateful and thankful for my daughter, but yeah, I had that moment. And I, like I said, I just fall because I'm like, I love you to death. And I could not imagine having another child, but you. That's so sweet. So, yeah. You kind of touched on this a little bit. I mean, obviously you have friends, it sounds like that are super supportive, but you were kind of going through this when you had, you had a partner or somewhat of a partner in your life. I mean, how did this impact all of them, your family? Were they supportive? Did they just think you're crazy? I mean, um, well, when I first introduced the idea to my family, they, yeah, I think it was my dad, um, who may have said something about, um, well, it was more, more of the issue of the daycare. He, he, he wanted me to get a nanny versus daycare. Cause he's like, well, no one's going to love your baby. Like you, I'm like, I understand that. And they're not going to necessarily not love her. I, I want like a ton of eyes on her. I don't want just one person looking after her at home. Yeah. Um, but I had a male friend say, you know, you're supposed to, and I've heard this from males. I've heard this a lot from males. Um, obviously a child needs your father. Um, kids are supposed to be conceived from love. Hmm. And I'm just like, that's a bunch of BS because a lot of kids aren't conceived from love. They're conceived from a one night stand or Mm -hmm. rape or an oops baby. My baby is completely wanted. 
regardless if I get pregnant by, you know, fertility treatments or adopt, my baby was thought out and wanted from Mm -hmm. the beginning. Mm -hmm. Was not an accidental pregnancy, was not an accidental, oh, let me just go wake up one day and decide to adopt. It wasn't accidental. (laughs) You know, that's like super offensive. I can't believe anybody would ever. It's very offensive. But, you know, um, being that my daughter is almost three now and me trying to get back out there, um, men don't seem to like it. And men don't, yeah. So when I'm up front in the beginning, they don't seem to like it. basically for those reasons. Like, I guess you can do everything you're on your own. So what do you need a man for? Or yeah. uh, why would you consciously do that? Or, you know, they get, they get offended like this, like this has nothing to do with you. She was born before you even came in the picture. What does this have to do with you? So I, I think the masculinity gets a little threatened, mm-hmm. even though on my profile, I said, I don't want any more kids because I'm, I'm not going to go through fertility treatments anymore. No. And if their profile says they don't want any more kids, why is this an issue? It's so weird. That is yeah. so strange. Yeah. And um, the last person, and I, I was just like, you know, unfortunately. When it's weird, but it makes like it. Yeah. I mean, I think you're right. I think I neither of us are shocked right now that a man acted like that. We're just like. <laughs> It's just like, I still can't believe they're this dumb after this. Yeah. <laughs> even in their 40s, e- even late 40s. I mean, I try to go for older men. They're still dumb. <laughs> but, um, but, the, but the thing is, is like, um, obviously, it, it seems to threaten them a little bit and ruffle their feathers. So the last guy I explained this to, and he's like, was that a conscious decision? And I'm like, yeah. And I, and I gave him the reasons it was a conscious decision because, you know, you can get married when you're 80, but you can't have kids when you're 80. Mm-hmm. Right. And so why should I say that I can't be a mother because I didn't accidentally get pregnant in a relationship when I was in my twenties or thirties, or that I wasn't able to find a partner to marry. I mean, that just doesn't make sense. So, you know, God gave us the capabilities now to have science. And if a single woman wants to get pregnant via IVF, IUI, if they need a surrogate, you know, gay men can have kids. It does not matter. Just as long as the child is loved and well taken care of. It really shouldn't matter. I love that. Yeah. Like, seriously, thank you. Thank you. Like this should be on t-shirts everywhere. I don't, I, it just, like, it really boggles my mind that there's still judgment about any of this. I mean, there's so many, there's so many children who never get the opportunity of being adopted or, you know, people have children all the time and they're in horrible homes and are treated terribly. And it's like, so that, that's, so that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. But this isn't. Or, if, or, you know, I think it would have been more acceptable had I gotten pregnant by accident or not. And then the dad left me. So I guess I can play the victim role now. Yes. <laughs> you know, yes. like it should be looked at like a very empowering thing. Like you took, you know, life by the reins and you steered it in the direction you wanted to, to go with your family and grow it however you wanted to. Yeah. It's that's wild. That is wild. 
Okay, Nicole, we know that you have to go pick up your daughter. So we'll wrap it up here. But we just wanted to ask you if you have any advice for women out there, especially single women that are looking to adopt, like what kind of, what should they do? So for one, you just need to go ahead and make the decision to do it. Um, I, I have a dear friend and she still is on the fence. She said, I don't think I can be a woman and raise my child by themselves. I think I need a man. So she's probably going to be in the situation if she doesn't find anybody that she's just going to end up childless. You, you don't want to look back on your life 50 years from now and say, I wish I would have, you know? Mm-hmm. So as a single woman or a single man, for that matter, a single person, um, you just need to check out local agencies, agencies around their area to see if they meet with your values. Because like I said, different agencies have different criteria. Um, what you're willing to do. Are you willing to go out of state for a child? Uh, there's private adoptions that you can go through with a lawyer. You can go through an agency. You can do foster to adopt. There are different types of adoptions as well. So you need to consider that. You also need to consider race. Um, my child and I share the same race. So that's not an issue here, but there are parents that have children that are different races. So you need to consider if you're open for that. You may not have, it's funny, you may not get your, your pick of a boy or a girl. And what's funny, my daughter, I really wanted a boy, <laughs> but, but ladies, I tell you, I kid you not. I'm like, oh my God, what would I do with a stinky little boy? Like me and my daughter have so much fun. <laughs> me and my daughter have so much fun. So, um, you may not have that option, but that's fine. But just know that you can do it. And yes, it seems like it's a lot of money, but there's a lot of different ways you can raise money and save money. And if it's something you really want to do, just do it. That's great advice. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing this story and your journey with everybody. If, um, if any of our listeners like want to reach out to you or find you, where can they, where can they find you? Oh, geez. I'm ubiquitous. Um, <laughs> um, I've, I've written a lot of books. Um, my name is spelled really uniquely. So you can find me on Google. I, I have a couple of businesses. So uh, they can find me everywhere. I'm, I'm on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. If anyone wants to reach out, has any questions or anything, most definitely. And we'll link to some of your profiles in our show notes too, so everybody can find you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you everyone for tuning in to another week of Press for Champagne podcast. We truly appreciate your support. Don't forget to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Follow us on Instagram at Press for Champagne podcast and just like let us know what's up. Let us know what you want to hear about next and keep tuning in. Thanks. Bye.